Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello folks and welcome to the O2 Arena. It's been a familiar venue for us over the last decade and more because of the ATP Finals being staged here. Next few days of course the Labour Cup, but we're all here, the world's media, to talk to one man, Roger Federer, because as you know by now he has made the decision to retire and this is his final press conference as a professional tennis player and I thought you might like to listen to what he had to say. Roger, what do you think Reto Schmidley, to whom you lost your first junior match, six love, six love, would make of your career? And what would Peter Carter be saying today? I mean, honestly, I think any junior uh, that probably played against me back in the day, we would have never thought that uh, I was going to be sitting here at 41 having my final uh, press conference and uh, looking back at the all the many moments and uh, matches that I played. So uh, it's not just for one person. I think uh, I could speak for almost any junior, national, international, local. Um, you can, you, because you do not think that far, you know. In, uh, when you have a vision of being a champion, you see yourself winning one tournament or maybe becoming world number one, but not many, many times in a row and staying there for as long as I did. So. That was, um, that was definitely a very special look with Peter. Obviously, um, it's uh, so unfortunate that he didn't see me getting to the top of the ranking and um, seeing so many of my most incredible victories. But at the same time, um, he was instrumental to my game, to my personality. He was not just a, a bigger brother, but he was also a mentor and um, a great coach. And uh, if I played the way I played you know with my technique it's probably a lot to do with him and um, and then after that all the other coaches that came came along so um, I've been so fortunate you know to have the right coaches at the right time and I felt I, I learned from each and every one a lot and um, it's been a it's been a great career yeah uh, Roger Mike, Mike Dixon from the yeah. mail um, could you update us on sort of what your playing possibilities and, and plans here are today and if you do only play doubles, how will that kind of sit within the rules of the competition? Yeah, but that was my 
my concern uh, as well a little bit going in, of course, because um, this is uh, an event, an ATP event that um, I don't want to mess, mess with, you know, but at the same time, um, I know my limitations and this is why I, I asked Bjorn if it was okay if I play maybe just one doubles and I guess that one would have to be on Friday night and then um, I guess Matteo would come in for me and then have to play on Saturday for me. Um, Bjorn said obviously, of course that's totally fine. Um, Bjorn spoke to John as well, they spoke to the tournament and the ATP if that was okay and everybody said that was fine. So, um, so here I am trying to prepare for one last doubles and we'll see with who it is and um, I'm obviously, I don't know, I'm nervous going, <laughs> going in because I haven't played in so long and uh, I, I hope I can be uh, somewhat competitive. From the BBC, there's been a lot more openness in the last few years about mental health in sport and in tennis as well. I just wondered if you could share the mental strain that both the injury and then your decision about the retirement has had on you. Um, rehab was easy. Um, sure, there's ups and downs and sometimes you're a little frustrated, but uh, for the most part, I enjoy being home. Um, been on the road for so long. Um, so no issues there. I get scared going into surgeries because I know um, it could mean the end of my career. So that has always been, uh, um, I guess, the most emotional and most scary moment for me um, before I go under. But um, yeah, I mean, things are different nowadays uh, with the pressure that uh, the players feel. Um, no need to feel sorry for us, you know, but we have to deal with it some one way or another, but it's definitely not always easy. But I feel like for the most part, um, I, I made it work. Um, had a great team around me, I guess, because it didn't change very often. Um, I had a, great, a really good, solid base. And uh, I knew I could always speak openly to everybody. And everybody would tell me their honest opinion. And I think that kept me grounded and uh, kept me going. Hi, Roger. Howard Fendrich with the Associated Press. Uh, could you take us through a little bit the, the process that led to this decision, how it came about, and what made you decide finally that this would be the end of your playing career? And I'd also like to ask, you used the word bittersweet in your farewell note. Uh, what to you is the most bitter part of this, and what's the sweetest part? Um, yeah, I mean, the... I guess there was a, cer a certain process that started at the beginning of the summer, um, you know, where you try to go to the next level in training and I could feel it was getting difficult. So obviously at that point I knew any hiccup, any setback for that matter was going to be the one potentially. So that you're going to have harder moments or the way you push too hard and you have to pull back a little bit. It's normal in rehab because you always got to stay in that corridor of doing enough but not too much and uh, I actually like that challenge because I really have to be in tune with my body and uh, with my team of understanding how far can I go and um, I just then I think over the course of a few weeks and months there um, we just have to really be careful and almost to a, a certain level too careful and then um, I guess I was also getting more tired as you have to put in more effort into it um, to be able to 
sort of believe that it was going to turn around. He started getting quite pessimistic. And then I got a scam back, which also wasn't uh, what I wanted to be. And um, at some point, you sit down and go, okay, well, I mean, this is, we're at an intersection here uh, at a crossroad, and you have to take a turn. You know, which way is it? And I was not willing to go into the direction of um, let's risk it all. I'm not, uh, I'm not ready for that. I always said that was never my goal. Um, I can't believe if I look back at the last few years that I went to the, through the surgeries that I had to go through. For me, it was always clear that I was going to end my career with no surgeries, you know, um, before 2016. And even 16 was a tough year uh, getting back from it. So any suggestions there from my side would be don't, don't have surgery if you don't have to. And just know, take the necessary time to come back because it is... Uh, it is brutal. Um, I think tennis is a tough sport to, to bounce back into because you have to be able to play long matches, five matches in a row um, every week, different continents, different surfaces. There's no substitute for you. So um, obviously, mentally, you need to know you have to be able to get all the way back there. And it's hard. But, uh, um, and then maybe the hardest part after that one point, of course, you're sad in the very moment when you realize, okay, this is the end. But uh, I sort of... Ignored it for a little bit almost because I went on vacation and just said, okay, this is it. And this moment came shortly after I was at Wimbledon when I still actually truly believed um, there was going to be a chance for me to come back uh, the next year. Um, what capacity, I didn't know, but you know, I, I thought it might be possible. And then on vacation, I, funny enough, I didn't speak to anybody about it other than my team, my, my, my parents, Mirko, we knew. Uh, other than that, nobody really knew. And it was perfect like this. Didn't talk about it. We're just hanging with friends and other families, and it was wonderful. And um, I only then, at one point, when I returned from vacation, I started to really discuss the details of, okay, where, when, how, what. And this, honestly, this period was been quite stressful, getting the letter right, the wording right, and then using words like bittersweet. Um, and the bitterness is obviously in a, in a... You always want to play forever. You know, I love being out on court. I love being playing against the guys and um, traveling. You know, I never really felt it was that hard for me to do. Um, love winning, learn from losing. It was all perfect, you know. I, I love my career um, from every angle. And that's um, the bitter part. The sweet part was that um, I know everybody has to do it at one point. Everybody has to leave the game. And it's been a, a great, great journey. And for that, I'm really grateful. Hi, Roger. Hector Nunns for The Sportsman. Um, we've read a lot, seen a lot of people listing your career highlights these past few days. I just wondered from your personal point of view, what would be some of the, having had a chance to reflect, what would be some of your sweetest and best moments and memories, whether it's titles, finals, matches, or just reaching your best level? Yeah, it's funny. I haven't really gone into deep diving, uh, thinking about what is, what are those moments. You know, top of my head, obviously, you think about first Wimbledon, match with Sampras at Wimbledon, um, 2017 comeback, you know, win in Australia, 09 French Open. But I know there's a lot of different little nuggets as you go along with it, and it could be something as sweet as maybe a quarterfinal, you know, at, at a 500 maybe, that uh, I learned something from. Who knows what it was, you know? I'm sure that I have to really go back to the memory bank a little bit and think like, okay, where were um, moments that... Uh, meant a lot to me, and sometimes, and very often, they were probably off the court in conversations with the team or 
meeting somebody. Um, I, I can't give you a specific example, but uh, I'm fortunate that I, I can almost pick and choose which moments were the best because there were so many. So, um, again, I was very fortunate to go through so many. Roger, Russell Fuller from the BBC. On a similar theme, how do you hope that people will remember you? And when you look back on your career, and I'm not necessarily talking about individual Grand Slam triumphs, but what are you most proud of with the way you've played the game and the way your career has unfolded? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think, um, and I mentioned this in interviews in the past, maybe, and this is maybe an appropriate time to say this again, is the longevity for me. Um, I was famous for being quite erratic at the beginning of my career. If you maybe remember, I was famous for being not so consistent, you know, and then to become one of the most consistent players ever is uh, quite a shock to me as well. So uh, that has been, uh, um, I think, a great accomplishment for me personally. Um, then people can judge if they think that's the case too, but for me, that is something I've really enjoyed and that I've been able to stay at the top for so long and uh, compete for any tournament I would enter and really go out there and say, like, I hope I can win the tournament for, I don't know, let's say 15 plus years. Um, that has been a privilege, you know, sitting in the press conference and being able to say that and not just saying like, oh, you know, quarters would be great. Yeah, those were the first few years of my, of my career, but it was for so long, um, of course, that I also almost got used to it. But I think looking back, that is has a special meaning to me because um, I always look to you know, the Michael Schumachers, Tiger Woods, all the other guys who stayed there for so long at the very top that I didn't understand how they did it. And next thing you know, it's like you're part of that group and uh, it's, been, um, it's been a great feeling. Uh, Roger, David Law from the Tennis Podcast. David. Roger, what do you think you will miss the most? I think it's uh, how it goes in life. You, 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 you know, so I don't want to say love-hate, but uh, the things you will miss, you're happy you're not having to do them again. You know, I, <laughs> I love tying my shoes, getting ready, putting the bandana on and saying like, okay, look in the mirror, like, okay, are we ready for this? Yeah, okay, let's go. Um, as much as I love it, I'm happy I don't have to go through it again. You know, having those, those knots in my tummy, waiting all day, uh, eating breakfast, thinking about, okay, tonight, got a, another big match. Oh, it's got another... 15 hours to wait for it, you know. Um, it's fun, but it's stressful, and it's, uh, and it's slow days there. And, you know, a tennis player waits a lot. Um, we wait for the moment for us to go out and entertain the people and do it again. Of course, I'll miss uh, a lot of things. Uh, the little moments, uh, you know, after matches, when it's all said and done, and the weight drops, and you can go for a nice dinner with your friends and team, and, um, you know, talk about other, sorry, other things, you know, than just about tennis. So there's so many things I will miss. Um, um, but of course, uh, the fans are, are at the center of everything um, because I, I lived through the COVID times as well, like we all did, and, um, and it wasn't fun. It wasn't great. I didn't like it. And uh, I always thought back, if we didn't have the fans, it would have taken away probably over 80% of my emotions of my feelings of what it would have meant. So um, I will miss that, you know, just every interaction on the, on the court, off the court, running into people, I don't know where. Okay, that will still have, probably happen sometimes, but not at events uh, as much anymore and signing autographs, even though some's like, oh, I have to sign again. But, you know, there's these little interactions and I know these people came 
from a really far away place, sometimes spent a lot of money and took, took time off in their vacation or even off from work and uh, come watch me play. I mean, I'll miss that. Uh, Simon Briggs, uh, Daily Telegraph, over here. Yes. Um, you mentioned that you haven't decided who your doubles partner might be. Um, I suppose a lot of fans are hoping that you might play with Rafa because it's the uh, oldest of your rivalries. It, would that be something that would appeal to you? Of course. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I think um, it could be... Um, quite a, I don't know, a unique um, situation, you know, that um, if it were to happen that uh, for as long as we um, battled together to um, having had always this um, respect for one another, the families, our coaching teams, we always got along really well and um, for us as well to go through a career that we both have had and to come out on the other side and being able to um, have a nice relationship I think is uh, um, is maybe a great message as well to not just tennis but sports but maybe even beyond and I think uh, for that reason it would be great I don't know if it's going to happen but uh, um, I think it could be obviously a special special moment uh, Hi Roger Simon Campbell, CSPN.com um, from watching all your interviews over the last day or so and reading everything you said and again today it seems like you're handling it all very well and, and you accepted it are you surprised how well you accepted it, given all your achievements on the court? Uh, yes. Um, I was uh, in a very, um, I guess, worried, scared place um, to face uh, um, the music, the, the media, the fans and everything. And, um, and being able to talk about it in a, in a normal fashion without getting emotional, um, just because I, I know how much it means to me and... Uh, and, uh, but I feel like I probably went through a lot of different stages. I don't know if you can call it grieving, you know, and then you get to the, and I really don't want it to be a funeral. I want it to be really happy and powerful and party mode rather than the other side. And that for me was my first thing. I said, if I retire and wherever I announce it, it has to feel like it's, uh, it's going to be fun and not everybody like, oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Like, no, no, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm okay, but uh, I want to be happy, you know. And um, for that reason, um, I think it, that was also the part where I talked about, didn't want to think about it because I was not ready to, in my picture, seeing myself speak on a tennis court was impossible at that moment. And uh, I think going through that has, has helped me a lot that I can be here today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. 
Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Hi, Roger. Uh, Manuel Sánchez from Agencia F. Um, how do you feel when you see that a world number one, like Carlos Alcaraz says, you have been his idol during his childhood? And he's very sad that he's never going to be able to play a competitive match against, against you. Um, yes, of course. Uh, it's disappointing. I was never uh, able to play against him. Um, and, uh, of course, I watched him closely, what he did in, uh, at the US Open and throughout the year. It's been, it's been fantastic. And uh, I always said there will be always new superstars in the game, and he's one of them. And the game is bright. Uh, I know sometimes people don't uh, tend to see that or think that. Um, it was the same thing when Pete and Andre left. They thought, okay, well, what we have here now. <laughs> Guys who win slams, uh, won every, uh, there's never the same winner. Uh, well, they got the same winners for a lot of years. It was Rafa Novak, myself, and Murray and Stan. So um, for me, um, it's, it, it was nice to see, you know, because that's what I, what I always thought. Um, I have a funny anecdote with Carlos because I practiced with him at Wimbledon one year when he was, I think, playing the juniors. And um, I thought he played well, you know, it was good practice, whatever. Another, just another warm-up, I think it was. And Juan Carlos was there. I was more excited to see him, obviously, because he's my guy. And, um, and then the next two days later, I guess, or the next day on my day off, um, very often when you practice with somebody, you practice again because you just have, and if the practice was good, it was just simple as to call again and say, like, you want to do it again? But I said, I want to hit with Juan Carlos, <laughs> not with Carlos. <laughs> because just uh, I would like to see, you know, practice with him, and I'm super laid back in practice anyway. And uh, I pra- ended up practicing with Ferreira. It was great. He didn't miss a ball. Uh, he could still be on tour. So I'm really happy for him also in particular that, uh, that uh, they're being this successful. Yeah. Roger. Up the back, Craig Gabriel. Yes. Um, you were saying you're satisfied with the decision. How much, how much easier, if it was, was that made because of the last year where you hadn't played, you'd been with the family and the kids all the time, that you hadn't been at tournaments? So did that make it any easier? And once this week is over, what's the first lot of things you're going to do? I mean, number one, I'm not satisfied. I'm happy. I'm happy with the decision because um, I know it's the right one. I thought, I thought about it. Um, I've had a lot of time to let it sit. I mean, it's been a few months now. It's been rather stressful not having it leak out. And uh, it's more worried about everybody around me who knew about it, who was getting asked every single day, how's Roger? How is Roger's knee? And when is he coming back? And they all very well knew. 
what the situation was. So I'm sorry for them that they had to go through this. But so I think we're all relieved at this point. It's out. Um, and um, I, don't, I don't, don't, don't remember the question anymore. But then what I'm going to do next is I wanted to read a lot of what maybe you have written and uh, a lot of TV stuff I haven't seen, things that have been produced, uh, like put together for me. Um, I haven't seen really, to be honest. Um, I didn't plan it through um, exactly every step of the way what was going to happen. I, I just said I think it's a good moment to announce it on Thursday last week because it gives people the time to, uh, to either travel to London or, you know, just give a bit, of, a bit of a heads up instead of announcing it, like let's say, like today. And uh, I had no plans for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Um, I, all I had was practice fitness on Friday, tennis on Saturday. Um, and I said, well, see if I have to do press. But apparently the letter had enough in it, for, it seemed like, for everybody that I could push the press all the way to today and yesterday, which I'm very happy about, which allowed me to spend time with my kids, with uh, going after my daily, daily life and um, having wonderful dinners and uh, looking back and celebrate, to be honest. Um, so th that's what I want to do next is um, catch up a little bit, um, see everybody, and then um, go, go on vacation a little bit with... Uh, with the family, and I think it's a perfect moment for me to then spend time with Mirka and uh, get on the phone with uh, with the team and just uh, talk about a little bit about the Labour Cup. You know, how how has this week gone, and uh, where do we go from here? Um, so, hi, Roger, uh, Joseph Regal, tennis head. Um, so many of your success have come in this city. You know, Wimbledon and your uh, two ATP finals titles at this venue. How does it feel to? close this chapter of your life in London? Yeah, that was clearly part of my thinking as well. Where is the place? Um, contemplated a lot of other things before the US Open, maybe, but I was, uh, this was before Serena announced it, but I, I said I was not going to be there. So I, it's just going to, just going to announce it, not going to be around. People think I'm going to be a stranger to the game and to everybody. And uh, I don't get a chance to properly say goodbye to, to the fans and everything. So made me wait another month <laughs> all the way to here. Um, I wish I could have announced it earlier, but um, it's, it all worked out. So I'm happy to do it here in London um, after then thinking about it. Um, this city has been special to me, maybe the most special place uh, with uh, Wimbledon down the road and here at the O2. I haven't played here and qualified for so many years and one here as well, so I just thought it was very fitting. Um, I've always enjoyed um, the crowds here as well. Um, having Bjorn Borg um, on the bench with me for my final game resonated also in a big way with me. Having all the other guys around just felt like I was not going to be lonely announcing my retirement. Um, not that I wanted to hijack this event or anything, but just felt I always feel sorry for players who sometimes retire on the tour. You say, okay, I'll play one more match, and then at one point you lose, and there you stand all alone. And it's just obviously 99% of the time you will lose at one point because only one guy wins the tournament. So um, I just felt like this, this works very well here. And, uh, but I always wanted to keep the integrity of the, the event alive. That's why I had a lot of conversations with everybody. And... Um, I'm really looking forward to these next few days. It's going to be very special. Hi, uh, Roger. It's uh, Franklin Stoker from uh, NOS. Um, you're, you have been telling you want 
to get uh, to stay involved in tennis uh, in the future but do you also already have a little bit of an idea if it will be on the coaching side or director side managing side? not really no not really i just wanted to let the, the fans know i won't be a ghost you know that uh, it's funny you know i talked about bjorn borg just before i don't think he returned to wimbledon for 25 years and that in a way hurts you know every tennis fan um totally acceptable, his life, his reasons, you know, but um, I don't think I'll be that guy, you know, and um, I feel that ten tennis has given me too much. I've been around the game for too long, falling in love with too many things, um, love seeing people again, and uh, that's kind of what I wanted to let the fans know, that you'll see me again, you know, and uh, not just never again. And, uh, and uh, now what it could be, in what capacity, I don't know. Um, so I uh, still have to, to think about it a little bit, but give myself time. Hi, Roger. This is uh, Stephen Higgins from RT Radio in Ireland. I'm um, just wondering, we all talk about the beautiful shots and the footwork, but how important has resilience and grit been in winning the big matches that you have in your career? Yeah, people won't talk about that. That's fine. <laughs> they will talk about the other things. Um, which I'm very happy and very proud of as well. Um, but you need everything, you know, uh, especially grit and fight and, uh, um, and all that toughness uh, to come through and stay at the top for as long as I did. Uh, I think it's logical. Um, it's not gifted or handed to you just to, to have that. Some, for some other players, it's maybe easier to have that. It's like more ingrained in their DNA. I feel like I had to go find it and take care of it. Um, which maybe is harder uh, in my position. Um, me, I was more lucky to maybe were, was more gifted with racket head speed or that stuff. But uh, um, so yes, I'm I'm proud of how uh, far I've I've come because I know that this was something I really struggled with early on. I was criticised a lot, heavily, maybe sometimes even. Um, unfairly or unfairly, whatever it is. Um, why wouldn't I fight more when losing? Because they thought when I lost, I didn't give it all I had, even though I care probably more than most players. So I didn't quite understand what that meant. Do I have to grunt? Do I have to sweat more? Do I have to shout more? Do I have to be more aggressive towards my opponents? What is it? I, it's not me. I can't, I'm not like that. It's not my personality. And a lot of play, people then told me, well, you have to be tougher and not so nice, maybe, you know, and I tried, but it was all an act, and I just said, well, I'll try it a nice way. Let me, let me, let's see where it takes me, and let me try to just um, be normal and be myself, and uh, I'm very happy I was able to uh, stay authentic and be myself for, for this long. Of course, I had to adapt to all these different um, curveballs being thrown at me, but... Uh, I'm very happy I was able to have a good relationship with, uh, with players, tournament directors, press as well. Um, and that, uh, that's why I think I had as much fun on the tour as I, as I had. So um, I think it was probably a good mindset for me. Hi, Roger. Uh, Antonello Guerrero of, uh, from La, La Repubblica, Italy. Um, I just wanted to ask, first of all, can, I mean, a legend like you have regrets now? if you think about your, your, your career. And what do you think about the new generation of uh, players? Like uh, you mentioned Alcaraz, Yannick Sinna, 
how different would it be from your generation of the Brits? Thank you very much. Yes, of course you have somewhat regrets, but never really, because I do believe things happen for a reason, and if it wasn't going to be for mistakes made or um, wrong decisions, who knows? Uh, those is what make me, made me grow uh, as well, and I'm happy it happened the way it did. Um, and um, I'm probably famous for having some tougher losses as well, but then also dealing with them and seeing it as, a, as an opportunity to get better, to grow from it. And uh, I'm happy I don't have flashbacks at tough moments you know, in my career. I see more the happiness, me with trophy, me winning, winning moments. And uh, I'm happy that uh, my brain allows me to think this way because I know it's not easy to push sometimes defeats and and those things away and I mean obviously as a tennis player you also have to take the tough decisions on the outside of the tennis court you know um, I always believed it was I cannot let my team decide everything and dictate everything I am in charge at the end of the day I am the one um, at the center and I'm the one to blame so I'm not going to start blaming others you know for things I decided so um, that's why I um, don't feel like I have regrets. Sometimes my only one is I wish I was maybe going to be more professional at a younger age. But I know that this would probably backfire at me as well in a really bad way that I would have lost my hunger and fire way earlier because I would have thought that this is not, I'm not enjoying myself. Too serious, you know, and I didn't want to be so serious so early. So I think I'm happy that my team, my coaches allowed me to be myself early on and uh, dealt with my erratic uh, behavior uh, of super inspired for 10 minutes, but then shocking for another 30, you know, but they knew that those 10 minutes made up for those other 30, you know, so, um, yeah, so that was good. Um, the new generation, um, uh, I think it's going to be great, more, um, more athletic than ever. I think, again, with uh, the players you're mentioning and many more, Zverev, Medvedev, Rublev, Tsitsipas, uh, all of them. Not mentioning nearly enough, but uh, the best movers are the best players. It's been like this for the last 10, 20 years already now, and it's going to stay like this. You know, if you see what they're able to do, um, I think that is going to stay this way. I'm not so positive about Serb Volley. Just I, I think it's not going to happen because I don't think players are willing to put their bodies on the line for a, a missed first serve and still sprinting for two, three steps and then having to walk back to the line and think that was for nothing. So it's just easier to maybe stay at the, stay at the baseline after the serve. Um, and then, of course, it's a, it's a, it's a full-on blown mindset, you know, the, the serve and volley play. But I think there is definitely ways to have an all-court game, a transition game, uh, which I loved playing. I love my half volleys. I love my transition game. And... I learned from the generation before me, Henmans and so forth, or Sampras, I knew if I hit it onto the service line, that is an approach opportunity for my opponent. They're coming. So that's why I better play one meter to the baseline, uh, and then I can keep them back. Anything short, they're coming in. And nowadays that is not the case, but that's fine. You know, I still think um, tennis is going to be really exciting, and we probably don't know in which way it's going to go exactly, but uh, we'll, see, we'll see some ridiculous defending, some unbelievable power, and uh, great personalities, and I'll be the number one fan, so it's going to be all good. 
Hi, Roger. It's uh, Martin Herman uh, from Reuters. Um, the greatest of all time debate, I guess, will go on forever. Um, does it bother you where you stand in that debate, or are you just particularly proud that you were the sort of trailblazer that, that initiated this, this golden era? I'm definitely very proud, and I'm very happy where I sit. Um, one of my big moments, of course, was uh, um, winning uh, my 15th slam at Wimbledon, you know, when Pete was uh, sitting there. Um, anything after that was a bonus. That was, that was the record, you know. And then, of course, there was other records along the way. But then, of course, nowadays, um, I think, and it will only increase, uh, players will want to chase records. And that's, it's true, at some point, I kind of probably did as well, but uh, not the first uh, years, uh, until it really, I got closer to Pete's record. Um, for me, it was about my, how did I manage my schedule? Was I happy on and off the court? Did I like uh, my life on the tour? And I did. I think I had the best of times. Um, and obviously, the last few years have been what they've been. But uh, no, I'm very happy I, that I was able to win another five slams from 15 on. Uh, for me, it was, um, was incredible. And that I made it to over 100 titles and all that stuff has been fantastic. And then just my longevity is something I'm very proud of. So. Um, don't need all the records to be happy, to, I tell you that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. See you soon. I should add that that was not the assembled media applauding Roger Federer. That was the uh, the various staff of the Labour Cup who were on the sidelines uh, giving him a send-off, which is perfectly within their rights to do. Not really something we as journalists do. We are colleagues um, and treat players in that regard. I should say that generally, if there was a player I was going to applaud through my career, it would be Roger Federer. Um, I, I had the opportunity to be at his first press conference when he was 16 years of age in 1998 in Gestad, his first professional press conference anyway. And I was talking to the Swiss journalist René Stauffer, who I believe was the only other person in that room in 1998 when uh, Federer made his professional debut. And uh, he goes back even further to 1996. But uh, as you can hear, there's a lot of respect for Federer, everything he's done in the sport. There's a lot of interest. There's always going to be interest in what he's got to say because he is so interesting. He thinks about the sport in a different way to anybody else I've ever spoken to. He answers questions in his own way. He, he, he will come up with anecdotes and insight that I'd never have thought of. I didn't know when I asked him about what he would miss the most, that he would reveal things that used to make him nervous on the eve of matches. There was just so much in there. I'm sure, I'm sure you agree. I'm sure there will be various things that you haven't heard before from Roger Federer. We will be back on Monday to review the Labour Cup and also to talk about Federer's legacy generally and, uh, and his career, his decision to retire. It will be the first chance all three of us have had to get together to, to talk about it. Um, we'll also review the Davis Cup that took place last week, the, the group stages leading to the knockout rounds. But for now, I'll say goodbye from the O2 Arena. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Market.